Welcome to episode 120 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. If you like the podcast, I hope you will leave a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your ratings and comments help new people find the show, or even better, if you know someone who you think will like the show, tell them about it. Some of my favorite podcasts became my favorites because someone I knew told me about them. And if you want to tell me about somebody that you introduced the show or the person who introduced you or you just want to drop me a line with your questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Phil Rickaby, and my website is PhilRickaby.com. This week is my first Indie Creators Roundtable with Crystal Bartelzi, Victoria Urquhart, Victoria Velinosi, and Janelle Hanna. I'm Crystal Bartelzi. I'm a uh, actor, theater maker, uh, comedian, clown, writer. Kind of, I'm sure we all we all do it all. <laughs> um, and mostly known for creating one person shows, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm Victoria Urquhart. I uh, run the Spur of the Moment Shakespeare Collective. I'm an artistic director, uh, an executive director, uh, producer. Director, <laughs> um, but I'm also an actor and creator and storyteller and sometimes marketer, but uh, first and foremost storyteller. Mm-hmm. I'm Victoria Villanosi. Um, I run brick and mortar theater and studios, um, and then the rest of the list of things. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, storytelling is definitely on there. Um, Recently, political disruptor. This is uh, new. Um, I, my job is adding titles. Mm. That's the most accurate description of what I do. I just keep adding titles to whatever I, I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm Janelle Hanna. I uh, I'm an actor. I've written a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I call myself a writer yet. That's still weird for me. Um, <laughs> I've produced, probably as we all have. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, yeah, actor, writer, producer. Nice. Um, I teach a little bit as well. So that's me. Victoria, the, this is the first time I've heard uh, uh, Political Disruptor in your title. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious a little bit about, I'm so about curious, that. <laughs> I wanted to know. Um, so. I've partnered with, um, with some... Um, Fellow political disruptors. Uh, my, it's my business partner's fault because she did it first. And uh, she, so Casey, Dad, and I, we run brick and mortar. And uh, she got hooked up with um, a strong Canada last year, which is um, they um, developed this organization to stop um, American style polarization of politics in Canada. So during the federal election, um, where they were electing their leader for the conservative party they went in and suggested to people that they join the conservative party 
if they, especially if they weren't conservative, mm. so that then they could vote in the in the, that initial election where you find out who your leader is. All right. Um, so I got um, involved in that a little bit, and now we're doing something similar for Toronto um, for the Toronto election. There's no partisanism, but mm. there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on that uh, we're working toward um, changing and stopping. And yeah, it's cool. a politics is a mm. lot like theater, man. <laughs> <laughs> say like egos as well and like <laughs> a lot of the same people wanting to really influence and make a difference and then all of the obstacles of people who uh are, are fighting against that and fighting like there's mm. there's a lot of a lot of stuff it's a yeah. lot to go through and it's but it's exciting as well now do you find that the the political disruption bleeds into your work as a as a, a theater creator oh for sure yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. how does how does that happen um, I find that I'm actually uh, my theater creation has kind of moved into that area mm. now. I'm I'm and it's not so much even theater at the very moment. It's more um, film stuff, and we're working on a lot of video, different videos. And my storytelling abilities are very, uh, very well received there. Where you know, not mo- mm. not a lot of uh, not a lot of people who are in politics are taking. Um, they're, they're, they're offering messages all the time. Not a lot of them are taking a storytelling approach to it. So mm. I'm finding I have value there, which is mm. a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So where did, like, in terms of uh, being indie creators, um, what is it that made you guys choose or, or start producing on your own? Um... Yeah, uh, for me, I think it was just wanting to create and wanting to do the work mm-hmm. and coming straight out of theater school and not wanting to wait for a phone call, you know, mm-hmm. so still having the agent. But um, I just had a passion for that really early on because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was through an improv class as well. I was like, oh, you can create characters. Oh, you can go off and write sketches. I sort of started in that that comedy realm. So that's where it started for me. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know... All right. I, I don't think I thought it would, that's what I would be doing, you know, but then you mm-hmm. kind of fall into it. And, um, you know, even for me, I wrote one solo show. I was like, that's something I want to do. And then it just keeps happening. So now yeah. it's just, you're, you're sort of in it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how Did, I, I mean, you, 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 you finished theater school and almost immediately started creating. Yeah. Um, was there anything uh, in theater school oh, that yeah. encouraged you to do that? Oh, yes. Or, okay. Um, so I went to a theater school. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll just say I went to Randolph and I met uh, my comedy partner at the time there. And, uh, you know, we were had a real dance and acting background, both her and I. Yeah. But the school is very musical. Um, yeah, kind of music heavy. And we were mm. musical theater people. So when it came to the last term, they were putting on a musical and they actually said they didn't want us to be in the show because we weren't <laughs> musical theater. We were like, and we were always the class clowns and always the, the, comedians so they said why don't you guys do your own two-woman show Mm -hmm. and then everyone else will do the musical and we were like that's awesome like that's (laughs) what we wanted uh and then they cut the budget and then they said actually we don't have time or money for that so we referred to ourselves as burnt marshmallows and then that was my first comedy duo which Mm -hmm. we had huge success with that for six years but um yeah, so that's where it came out of. So yeah. we we made a pact on that day that we would get out of theater school and write our own show, huh. a two woman comedy show. So that's where that mm. came. So I'm 
Thanks to them, I, I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then when my comedy partner eventually moved away, she mm. said she wanted to move out west. Then I was really, that was, I call it the worst breakup of my life because mm. I was just left alone. I right. Like, um, and we had done everything together 24 7 for six years. So that's when I was like, okay, now I'll just create a solo show. Yeah. Was there any, any, like, was there any trepidation about creating a solo show? Did you ever feel. Oh, I, well, of course, the first or? one, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it's something I had mm-hmm. wanted to do and not wanting to do it when her and I were mm-hmm. together because I was like, I don't want to abandon you and go off and write a solo show. And sure. she, but she went off and wrote one as well. She just mm. did one because I think that was sort of the next thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, you don't know what you're doing. We've we've chatted. We, we've, yeah, talked yeah, yeah. we've talked right, about that. We've talked about that. Also, before. I don't think at, at the time I hadn't performed it yet, and I yeah, didn't quite right. know how addictive it is. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where did where did it start for yeah. me? Where did oh wow? Uh, <laughs> I I hadn't even graduated from school yet, and I was feeling embittered. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, think that's uncommon. No, no. Uh, honestly, um, the structure with which uh, Theatre Ontario was created, mm. it was very much a... a what's the word? It's, it's a pony show. Mm. And it was very much like... It, it wasn't community-based at the time. Okay, it, they, they made some great effort with sure. different things to make it community-based. Um, and now it is a lot better, and I feel so much better about the grads that are coming mm-hmm. out um, because it isn't made so competitive mm-hmm. and so, uh, so much an elitism thing. Um, because there are also a bunch of schools that don't get to go to theater Ontario mm-hmm. that have great abilities, um, and they have to create their own kind of industry day. Mm. Um, so, uh, I walked out of that feeling mighty embittered and mm-hmm. going, I don't want to go into the industry feeling like this. And there's gotta be something more. I think for me, a lot of it was there has to be something more than what my theater school is telling me is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also felt like if I wasn't going to Stratford, um, what else was there <laughs> with, with, yeah. with my class, especially mm-hmm. and with, with the stream that I was in, it was like everybody was gunning for that and everybody was, starting to talk about the agents that called them and everything, and I didn't get any calls. Um, I didn't either. It was... Uh, um, and I was like, well, no, fuck it. Um, I think I've asked you this every time I come mm. in. I can swear, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to... Fuck it. Um, don't worry about it. Just, it's fucking okay if I fucking yeah. swear. Don't even worry about it. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, fuck it, I'm... I'm going to go and make my own work and I'm going to go and connect with people from other schools and, and get a community of artists together who don't give a damn about, about agents and, and, and whether we have representation or not. And, ah. mm-hmm. um, and then uh, from there, from there I really picked up on the necessity of community in the work that mm. I was doing because the, the subway, uh, the Shakespeare on the Subway project was the first one that I did. And then Mm. that shifted over to Shakespeare in hospitals. Mm. And there, there was this weird shift that happened. Um, 
with having this company move on, move on to the next project. I thought it was just going to be done after the subway. And then um, everybody kind of stuck together um, after subways. And I realized like there was something else going on there mm-hmm. and it wasn't, and it wasn't just, Oh, I want to make another project with you. It's I, believe in this thing Hmm. that we've created and I believe in the next thing that it's going to bring Hmm. Um, so yeah that's I mean that's where my company came from that's that's where being a creator came from for me is a lot about the community and how long have you been doing Shakespeare in hospitals again? Uh, like What's what's where? When are we? Um, twenty eighteen. <laughs> twenty eighteen. So seven years. Um, twenty ten wow. was was uh, subway, and then twenty eleven we started on hospitals. Nice. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I yeah. just finished green. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> every every like every time I come in here, I think I mumble something about green. <laughs> well, there, I mean, you are starting into that season again. So. Oh, that season's... Yeah. Well, I'm in the middle of that Yeah, yeah, season. yeah. So, Grant. Mm. Victoria? I, Victoria, other Victoria, and I, <laughs> uh, we, we both went to University of Windsor, and I, th- I think that you hit mm. it on the head there with, like, when did you become... The real question is, when did you become <clears throat> embittered? <laughs> like, oh, yes. Uh, I, I think that was sometime in university, but I started creating my own stuff for... Totally terrible reasons. I I wanted to. I got it in my head that in order to be hired, if you weren't getting those auditions, that you should create your own work so that then those artistic directors could come and see you, which they don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, you know, I mean, you think back and think what a, or I think back and think like what an idiot. But that was what I knew. So I made a theater out of my apartment. (laughs) Like literally that was what I did, but it it was for all the wrong reasons. I really was like, then I'll network more and then I'll get hired. And then that will be the real, Mm -hmm. that'll be the real life Mm -hmm. because I had literally been taught and and indoctrinated that that was the way that you did theater. And that was how you had a career and that's how you made it in the industry. And, Mm um, you know, I don't think if I'd, if I'd stayed with that way of thinking, I wouldn't have kept going with having space or providing right. space. And so what I, where I've evolved to over the eight years, I don't know, <laughs> six years, I guess with space is probably about six years now, uh, six or seven is to the point of like, is, is very aligned with, uh, what you said, Victoria is that, uh, not being able to make it is bullshit. That's mm-hmm. there's there's this statistic of that that hangs over all of us. Like you know, probably in school, only one of you will make it. Oh god! Like, well, what what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Because you know what? Yeah. The thing with that too is it. They're not wrong in saying invite these people out, but no. what they are wrong in saying is that they'll come they'll come <laughs> not necessarily like <laughs> at all like because they will come but they're not going to come if they don't know you mm. they don't they're not going well they may come if they don't know you if you make the right introduction right the thing is is that the introduction doesn't start with the hey please come see my show it starts with the hey i just saw your show and your show was great or hey like w- meeting them in person mm. which is hard yeah. mm-hmm. 
And, like, these are the steps that, like, are being talked about now in the industry and in th- in theater schools is, you know, uh, talking about how to build an ensemble that isn't at each other's throats mm-hmm. and how to uh, how to reach out to other people to go and see your work without just expecting them to be there, not saying that that's what you yeah. or oh, no, I that did totally, at all. That totally was what I did. Oh. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but the, 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 like, the notion of, okay, so here's how you have to get someone to mm. notice you without making it a diva, like, that not saying that that's what you and did totally again. Was. <laughs> that's what I did at one point or another, yeah. being like, "Oh yes, they'll just come to sh- come to the subways." <laughs> and you know what? They, I think you're, there's a there's this formality that that I, I thought was there that wasn't worth with just reaching out to somebody and saying, "Hi, uh, can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. Can I buy you a coffee?" Like I I was horrified at the, even the thought of that, mm. and when you know. If anybody, I'm, I'm, I know, I can, I feel now like I'm in a position where I could say to somebody, at least, hey, what, what would it take for me to get a few minutes of your time just to pick yeah. your brain? Mm-hmm. I feel confident enough to say that. And I haven't, nothing's really changed where I'm not, and I, I didn't do anything to make myself more worthy, but I didn't feel like that was even mm-hmm. a possibility. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was an, an, this invisible mm-hmm. glass wall that I couldn't get past and it was improper to get mm-hmm. past. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's mm-hmm. bullshit. But theater school has kind of groomed people for feeling yeah. that way well, that there's like, time. that there's things, that there's the places that you can't go, there's a hierarchy yeah. and don't you dare step out of it. I remember mm-hmm. sitting in Shakespeare class and being told about this one woman who was told to, she came in and she, they were trying to break down how unprepared she was and she hadn't read the script and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because she hadn't done all of these things and she just didn't know, they made her reread the same line over and over again and, like, publicly humiliated her. And the fact of the matter is, in order to learn anything in this industry, you have to make mistakes. And you, and, and especially in your craft. Yeah. And maybe, like, the lesson of read the play is long gone on me. Um, I get so empathetic to towards artists who uh, have never read a lick of Shakespeare in their lives mm. um, and come at it with this sense of newness, but also what a gift that mm. is mm. for people who come to it with such a newness. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's fair that we, that we shame someone mm-hmm. in the industry for that. Yeah. I, I like to think that we're slowly, slowly but surely moving toward a, an industry where it's not okay to shame and bully actors just because they are vulnerable under the it, under the guise of it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're asking for it. They're yeah, asking yeah. to be abused. Like, it just, it, they're the reason yeah. pull it well, There are conversations yeah. happening, though, now. Like, yeah. Sure. There's, you know, a lot of theater schools, you know, it's all in the news right now. It is. Well, it know? is. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I mean, as somebody who was uh, a student at George Brown in mm. the early 90s, and still then, I mean, people mm. from even before then have been talking about the the trauma of going to, to that, not just that. I mean, a lot of theater schools had it, but like you can't do your best work when you're terrified. And a lot of schools keep you terrified. You can't Mm -hmm. learn if you're terrified, not in the way that you could, if you felt supported. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, uh, Victoria, that you were saying about, about how 
you felt like producing was uh, uh, something that you had to do. Because mm-hmm. that's a, a complete change from when I was in theater school where they almost said, look, if you can't make it on your own, then maybe you could produce. Right, but, and there was, like, a, that's, yeah. there was a bit of that mm-hmm. feeling too. I 100% felt like there was a lot of shame mm-hmm. around producing my own work where mm-hmm. it was like, well... I mean, I, I remember saying to a professor, he said, you know, oh, it's really nice here. You've got the theater, this theater space. And he actually was using my space. And I said, you know, I, I, there's a lot of brunettes out there that, you know, are in their 20s. And so I've got to got to do what I can. I, I felt like I had to justify it and be like, well, right. you know, I mean, it's not really my fault. It's just, you know, I <clears throat> wanted to be able to do something. And. Mm. Yeah, I just want to speak on that though because I, I think the times have changed with that as yeah. well. Because I agree, yes. like I remember very early on producing my work, and it was like people almost felt mm-hmm. sorry for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But then yeah. now, yeah. now there's all these people going like, I guess that's what we got to do. We got to make our own yeah. work. Oh, that's the thing. So yeah. we're already, you know, ten steps ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying it's changing now. Yeah. You know, so. um but there's still people that are terrified to do that. They don't know mm-hmm. the first step of that. Sure. So, I'm, you know, I think it's a a great thing that thrown into it at an early age, you know, yeah. for whatever your reason was, you know, having to learn that. Yeah. And it also just makes you so appreciative when someone takes one of those hats for you. Mm. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> like, totally. Oh, so appreciative. And so like, I will never walk into any production ever again. Yeah. And like get mad at someone. Mm-hmm. Because they're bugging me about my bio. Not that that ever happened to me, but <laughs> um, like I've I've walked into a few spaces and seen a few things happen where I've gone. They have never produced. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And you, yeah. you do and, learn to appreciate it, right? Oh, now. and big like time. for me, and talking about theater schools, maybe it, I think it depends on what school too. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah, I, agree. I went to UTM Sheridan where. We didn't really create a whole lot of our own stuff. Sometimes we did, but then York for me had such a push to create your own stuff. Um, and it was a huge drive of what they are. So maybe it mm-hmm. depends on where too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you do appreciate it so much more. Like, cause when I was in theater school twice, um, <laughs> you, uh, you have a wardrobe designer and a crew oh, yeah. and, uh, and all this stuff. And then, uh, you know, when I left undergrad, I was like, oh, never going to be that good again. You know? <laughs> so you do learn to yeah. appreciate mm-hmm. just the gift it is to have a massive team because so often on your own, yeah. especially doing like solo work, mm-hmm. you know, you're lucky if yeah. you have a yeah. team. There is almost that feeling in theater school when they have all of those things. You're like, oh, this is what real theater is like. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. when you start doing it yourself, you're like... This could be real theater. <laughs> well, it is real theater. Yeah, I know, but yeah. you're you're like taught that like, or you're like certainly yeah. like you've seen that like, oh, it's real theater. If there's a costume designer, right. somebody's building the costumes. There's a stage manager, and yeah. there's somebody building sets and all that stuff. And, yeah, I spend a lot of time very frustrated right out of school. In the, like, you know, it took me about three mm. or four productions of being like, this is not how it should be. This is not how it should be. This isn't how it should be either. And I was very frustrated until I got to the point where I was like, maybe this is how it is. And mm-hmm. that wasn't how it is. Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I've, I've messed this up. I, I would have loved to have had a, more of an education on 
how on on the reason behind why the and the, on the why I guess on why theater why this relationship between an audience member and a performer why do it why tell a story mm-hmm. why and and that sort of felt lost to me every once in a while I can remember hearing you know like old tropes mm-hmm. of theater of like you know the you have to pretend like the audience isn't there. Like something like that where like, it's like, okay, what does that all mean? Mm. And trying to mash that all together into a why is I feel like what my career so far has been is trying to decode all of the things that I learned and find out mm. the why again, because I, I never, I never really, I feel like I had the why very early on when I first yeah. started, I was like, no, this is the thing that I need to do. And I, and I, maybe I didn't quite, know how to put into words why but then i started being focused on doing stuff mm. and how to do stuff and what i needed to do and then what i needed to do after that and then it was a lot of day to day go to the audition and mm. do the thing and do this and do this and do this and then what am i doing you know yeah. because i didn't have that why behind it so mm-hmm. i think that i would love I, I i would love to see that in theater schools and have people come out going this is why i do theater Mm. It's so funny because I'm, you just made me think of because I'm I'm work at Humber as well, but in the comedy program. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I, I'm, dealing, I, I'm dealing with all the stand up comedians, but it's so funny because I'm doing clowning with them now, and so I'm just teaching them that because I think that's my own, and I'm like we break that fourth wall. We you you know you're addressing the audience. So and and through teaching them, I you know, but it depends on your training. But that's mm. like so much what I believe in, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I think I'm teaching them the opposite. Like, no, we don't have a fourth wall, yeah. you know? It's kind of funny yeah. because, because, you know, yeah, we were taught about the, yeah. the fourth wall and all that stuff. And yeah. I've done so many things where we break I know. that entirely. Of course, what you do as well, yeah. 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 So it's just like... Just yeah. options, right? That yeah. there's yeah. other worlds. I think that's what we're getting to. We're I think really the, kind of... the fourth wall is appropriate to teach <laughs> oh, very small sure. children when mm-hmm. they're on stage and they want to wave at their mom. And I feel like <laughs> that is where you tell that lesson. You yeah. pretend there's a wall here. Yeah. Just pretend it doesn't exist so then they can focus and do what they need. But mm-hmm. I think as a career, to say, as a general uh, philosophy, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's very problematic. It's funny because I remember doing Shakespeare at, at school and we were all like, you know, just like doing the whole, you know, your scene partner and things like that. And then we get to the soliloquy and we'd all be like, so... <laughs> who am I talking to? Like, I, I don't understand who I'm talking to. And no teacher ever said... Just talk to the audience. It's so true. Because it was just because we were still like fourth wall. So I'm talking to myself, my outer inner self. And it doesn't help when you're going and auditioning for theater schools and they say, don't address me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And you're doing a soliloquy as your audition piece. Yeah, I'm eating a sandwich. (laughs) And then you go to audition for York and they're like, oh, look at me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they want you to. So. But of course, you get everyone's like, "Don't." Of course, yeah. 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 Janelle, what what started you on the the self producing the indie producing route? Yeah. Um, also, I'm just like so excited to be here because already it's such a fun conversation. <laughs> um, there's so many things running through my brain. Uh, what started it? I certainly like left my undergrad uh, with no notions of creating my own work. Um, I created you know, a couple characters and a couple pieces of writing, I guess, in undergrad. But then I think it's just working um, with uh, some people like Laura Ann Harris, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. creates so much of her own work and solo work. And, um, you know, the lovely, like, 
Brianna Brown, mm-hmm. who writes and directs, and just people who I was working with who were creating their own work. Um, and then going to York, there was, as I said, like a huge push to create your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think leaving York, I was like, yeah, I really, I want to do a solo show. And I knew that was in the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just like couldn't wait to do it anymore because mm-hmm. I was waiting, mm-hmm. you know, and like no one's going to present it mm-hmm. to me, right? So um, I did something that maybe not everybody would do but like i just submitted for fringe and then i was like if i get in it's it, it we're doing it that's and i got in and way. I, got, I got it right um so <laughs> i think I think, a, I think a lot of people do you know you might say yeah. that you know not a lot of people do that i think a lot of people do okay, that yeah because well, you yeah. need to yes. kick in the ass right sure. like, um, also it can be really heartbreaking to have a a, a thing totally and then you don't get pulled totally how do i produce this inside of a festival format i'm like that right now yeah you know but um, thriving on deadlines, yeah. though, you oh. know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. What was it that made you want to do a solo show? Was there something that, that, that in sort of like drove you towards that? Yeah. Um, at York in between your first and your second year, um, in the MFA, you have to kind of the first day back, you have to present your findings for your, uh, thesis, like your research. Um, and that could be like, it, that's anything you want. It doesn't have to be a show, uh, you know, you can sit and read, your research if you want, but, um, for all of us, it was a show. And so there I, I did a, like a 15 minute solo piece with three different characters. And the concept that came out of that, um, was something I wanted to try Mm. in a, in a bigger, um, piece. Mm. So yeah, having done that, it it was like, yeah, I got to do that again because, Mm. and it was playing with the audience Mm. and, and, um, and breaking their expectations and that excited me so much and that uh, I wanted to play with that more so that's kind of that's one of the major reasons mm. why I wanted to uh, do it and I also just had stuff I wanted to say mm. yeah. and I and I didn't I just wanted to say it yeah you know when you started producing for Fringe this was yeah. like your first time producing was it? Uh, no, I produced something in the past, but not for like four or five years, and mm. that was like a uh, like a, a ensemble piece. Okay, was there something that surprised you, or something you were that was you were felt completely unprepared for when you started producing this show? Hmm. Well, I had a I should say I had a producing partner that was awesome. Oh Chris shit! Baker. Okay, that's helpful. So <laughs> yes, it is because um, we really balance each other out. Um, Chris is way. I'm just not a great writer when it comes to promotional things and even trying to describe the show is really difficult so he helped in like a massive way i need to say um but what surprised me um i think the from a producing standpoint now if i ever do this show again which i hope uh i, I get to is just the parts of the show that people connected with mm. we didn't really expect like mm. We did to a point, but we were like, oh, wow, that's how we need to sell this show. Hmm. That's how we need to describe this show because that's what everybody kept picking up on. Hmm. And so you learn from doing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, this particularly, for anyone who saw that show, mm-hmm. very yeah. difficult show to sell without mm-hmm. uh, giving it away. Um, and it's a, yeah. So mm-hmm. we struggled with that. So mm-hmm. certainly I learned a lot about mm-hmm market it yeah. next time. well promotion is hard yeah 
Like, for sure. I have always found like the most difficult thing yeah. to be a promotion. Yeah. Like, it's hard enough to talk about your own work for yeah. one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But to do it in such a way that's concise enough and, and interesting enough to make somebody want to come and see it. For sure. Especially at Fringe, too, right? When you're like, com- <laughs> not competing, but there are just mm-hmm. so um, many other shows coming at you, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys remember what your biggest surprises were for. Uh, producing on your own the first time? I just always say that producing takes 90% and then the show's like 10%. You know? I think that's always, it's, it's really, yeah. um, you know, I still learn. I just juggling when you have what hat on, you know, and I've driven mm-hmm. directors nuts because we'll be in the middle of rehearsal and then I'll be like, oh, and by yeah. the way, I've just got to, add, you know, upload my postcard, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think just that's something I'm just really working on is knowing when to shut it off. Um, yeah. And I just think allotting time to the show versus, you know, all that other emails and admin Mm -hmm. and all that, you know, and now I've asked, just asking for help, you know, and just, just Mm -hmm. moments of like, okay, I can't do this all or, you know, getting people. Yeah. Do you find, did, when you started, uh, deciding that you could ask for help, was it hard to get to that point? Because I always find that it's like this whole, like, Oh no, I have to carry it all on my back. Um, I think it's just, you know, I've had experiences in the past too, where I have hired people. Some have been amazing and blown my mind, but others have like, I'm a control freak. It's still my, my product. So then they don't do what I expected them. So I'm like, then I'm chasing them and spending more time and energy, making sure they're doing what I've asked of them, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, but I, I still have dreams. I will hire someone one day. (laughs) I need an assistant. I, you know, Yeah. yeah. But um, just just the amount of yeah, just the amount of work, I guess you know mm-hmm. it, it's endless and relentless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the biggest surprise for mm-hmm. me, <laughs> uh, especially when you're taking your lumps or having mm-hmm. your first experiences with any part of producing, is that uh, especially in Canada, mm-hmm. people will go to you and be like, hey. You did a show. Congrats, man. That's awesome. Like, (laughs) I can think of so many shows that I've done where I've gone, I wasn't invested in the character and I didn't make these choices. And And then people are like, that was great. Mm. I was entertained. Like, even even if it wasn't the Oscar-nominated performance that you wanted it to be or the the Dora-winning... Thing that you had originally envisioned we're in Canada and the theater community is small and it takes so much time energy money to, mm. to make it and even like even friends who are critics who, who write for wherever go up to you even even people who are critics and not your friends and maybe maybe they totally panned your your show but then they went up to you later on in the tent and they're like hey you did a thing congratulations hmm. like everybody has this understanding um that i've experienced where where in in the toronto theater community where it seems to be that no matter no matter what you did a thing and that took a lot of energy <laughs> and a lot of money and everybody yeah. seems to understand yeah. that yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah hmm. it's that's that's always been the the surprise for me, um, especially when I had my first fringe show, um, 
and I'd spent so much time producing it. Uh, and I, I, it was my first time producing a major fringe show and there were a lot of mistakes that I made, but there were a lot of people who still enjoyed the show. Um, it, it, Thank God for those people because if if mm-hmm. I didn't if those people didn't talk to me in that time I probably like at that time <laughs> I I would have sunk into a deep hole of despair and yeah. and why do I suck so hard? Well, it's interesting uh, because the 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 thing that the audience sees is not the thing that yeah. that we see, yeah. and it's Ever. so easy to forget that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so easy when you're producing to forget that. Oh yeah, they they didn't see all this other stuff. I forgot to do this and I didn't yeah, do yeah. this. Yeah. Was my best mm-hmm. performance and all this stuff. Yeah. They just see what they're seeing now and they don't have a frame of reference. And oh yeah, and know. if you don't tell them, they'll never know. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like I the. I'm trying to think as you guys were talking, like, oh God, what am I going to say? Um, <laughs> the the first thing I found surprising, I think, when I was producing a show, it's it, it was a big show and I had a lot of people and a lot of moving parts. It was just like insanely ambitious, and uh, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, was I was astounded that other people wouldn't do their job and then they wouldn't like do it the way that I said. Like, I know. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? You you said you would do this and then you didn't. And it would just, I spent so much energy being frustrated about that. Like, like Crystal, like you said, and I, I'm still learning about that. And and along the way, I've learned that, um, you can, when you're producing something for, for free, essentially, and people are putting in their, their Mm -hmm. time and their effort and their money, they're all, producers essentially mm-hmm. like you're all invested and i think i i wish that my, more of my experiences where i was on the other side of it and i was just an actor or whatever and i was mm-hmm. i i wish i had been treated like a co-producer mm-hmm. because i i think that that lack of respect for that other person's investment it's like oh well i remember thinking you didn't put any money into this and of course they did they they took time mm-hmm. off their job yeah. They, yeah. they spent money on transit they there yeah. are expenses involved in putting up in in showing up mm-hmm. and then also the expense of energy the expense of time and i i, I think that i wasn't very respectful of that and that played a part mm. into people feeling like I they didn't want to do mm. what I said. Mm. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Mm. And We're quite similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh I also learned to ask people what is in this for you? Why do you want to do this? Mm. And make sure that I didn't take that away by accident. Mm. Because mm. like you never know. It could be like you know what I really want to do this because I've always wanted to you know, do a cartwheel on stage. I don't know. Like, you know, you don't know what people's motivation is or like, I, I want to do this because my grandmother is sick. And like, you know, or like there's so mm-hmm. many motivations behind something and you can so easily take that one thing away. Even if it's that they want to do it cause it's going to be fun mm-hmm. and you take away their goddamn fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Now they've got zero reason to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of flip-flopping back and forth from mm. producer to actor in shows where I wasn't paid and then I, or that there was a, a profit share at the end. I, I kind of have come to that conclusion now that you really, like people are being, you are paying people in different ways. Mm-hmm. And if you stop, ta- so if you stop paying people, it's like you at a job, mm-hmm. if they stopped paying you, yeah, mm-hmm. you wouldn't yeah. do your job. You mm-hmm. wouldn't show up. You wouldn't be motivated. Yeah. And maybe you wouldn't even know how to describe why you felt that way, but you'd feel like crap about showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on that, on that note as well, though, I find it very challenging. Okay. When I'm doing solo work and being the producer and fronting up a lot of the money and then, 
you know, even whatever, if I'm paying people, whatever our agreement is, and then they come in and then it's like, oh, let's, how was your day? Let's, yeah. you know, how, what did you do on the weekend? And then they want to have a conversation and I hate being that person, but like, then you're like, I'm like, sorry, we're on the clock here. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I hate, <clears throat> yeah. and I, and I try and be like, oh, we should be able to chat for 10 minutes, but that's always ringing in my head too. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to go have a coffee after we can do that, but not on, on the clock. And yeah, I find yeah. that difficult to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be that person but it's also I'm, I'm thinking about that you know? sure yeah yeah it's a different perspective yeah to be in a show while producing it as yeah. well yeah while also with people who are not on who don't have that mindset yeah. but who you're also yeah. trying to fit in with and have yeah. a community with it's, yeah that's it's tricky mm-hmm. it's always interesting uh, a production uh a production like the show must go on we've got we've got so many so many people with so many great diehard attitudes um sometimes too much uh speaking from my own experience of burning the candle at both ends and knowing that we've all we've all bled for our art um all productions all communities within that production all ensembles they get by either by a common goal mm-hmm. or a common scapegoat. Yes. If there is yeah, one exactly. person right. who is the bad guy in the performance, mm-hmm. they will get through it because they're going to stick it to that one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time, it's the producer. Yeah, I was, hey. just, I was just going to say, oh, let me guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but I think uh, the, the productions that truly, like, thrive and and bring people back for the same reasons and like they are the productions that have a common goal totally Mm. and that is amazing Mm. um and that's also why i see a bunch of companies that hang on to certain company members and i understand that um i am also a huge believer in audition every time Hmm. so it's it's interesting. It's interesting to watch what that dynamic is in every ensemble, in every production. Um, it it changes a room though when everybody is on board. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. is game, mm-hmm. right? Totally. And uh, and yeah, and or it, like you said, it can go totally the other way. And I think sometimes when it goes the other way, it's the director is mm. the person we're all against, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. I've been there. You've been yeah. in rooms yeah. where it's like the director spends the first week in a bit, like having to get everyone's trust mm-hmm. to be like, I got you, mm-hmm. I got this. And I think my last few experiences, especially working on the fringe with, it was so, and I'm going to change what I was surprised about. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that even though it was like my solo show that I wrote, and I was starring in, I had a team that cared about it, like, just mm-hmm. as much as I mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And it now makes me, like, want to be that for other people. Mm-hmm. Because, and while we were, like, rehearsing and putting it together, I was like, why are you guys doing this? Like, why? <laughs> like, it just, it shocked me for yeah. so long. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know that I would be this generous. Mm. And that experience has made me want to be more generous. Mm. And I think being in enough rooms where I do see people just fighting a director right from the day one, it kind of, and York changed this for me too, one particular experience. But now, like, as an actor, it's like, my job is to make it work. 
like Tim Gunn, Project Runway. My job as an actor is just make it work. Even if I hate it or I don't agree with it, it's like, that's not my job in that room. My job is to, like, make it work. That I mean, you that's know? that's kind of a, a, an important uh, uh, mindset going into anything. But it makes it easier for me, too, sure. right? Because I think when I was younger, you know, um, well, that's not what my character was, you know, like, <laughs> but it's easier when you're just, I'm going to go with the flow and I trust you and I'm sure. game. It just, it's easier for me and it's easier for the room. Yeah. And you just hope that you have rooms that are like that, you know? Yeah. I used to think I knew so much when I was right out of theater school. I yeah. knew every fucking thing. Yeah. And I was such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that I grew up a little bit because now it's sort of like, you know, I've had some ensemble experiences where there's both when there's, we have a common enemy, but also when there's just so much love mm-hmm. that we would like just do this forever yeah. if we could. Yeah. Um, and that came from just being willing to do whatever yeah. to make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Victoria, you're, I mean, you're in, a, in an interesting position because mm-hmm. you are an actor, uh, yeah. your producer, and you also um, run uh, yeah. venues. I house the craziness. You have <laughs> the craziness. You do. I'm like, come on in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Is there something that you have seen in people who are producing? I've seen some shit. <laughs> that, 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 that you, that, like, that, what's the important lesson that you think that uh, somebody who's self-producing should know as somebody who has provided the house for their shit to happen in? Oh, man. <laughs> There's so many things. I, I'm working... Uh, Casey and I were, are working on... Uh, in our spare time, uh, blogs um, about exactly that because I, we are in a unique position, and there really is like we we're in a unique position. Mm-hmm. We're in a privileged position of just being able to see productions come through, whether at whatever stage mm-hmm. they're at. Sometimes it's production, sometimes it's just the rehearsal, sometimes it's just their auditions, and mm-hmm. we get to see this sort of revolving door of people and different groups and different uh, types. And I think in the I have a, a, a sort of a, a theory that there's uh, the scenario of creating a um, of creating a show is like it, I, I draw parallels with that with like what I've seen in movies. I, I've never had kids, but I what I see in movies of like people who are pregnant and then get to a delivery room mm-hmm. and that like delivery room drama, or you see the like the. The joke is uh, is almost like, you know, the at-home birth with the candles and then it always ends up chaos at the mm-hmm. end. Like, there's always this stress mm-hmm. that's so intense and uh, it makes people do and say things <laughs> that they wouldn't normally if they had mm. all their wits about them. Mm. Um, and when you want it, talking about scapegoats as a space provider, I am a very easy scapegoat mm. because I'm I'm the safest scapegoat often because sure. I'm I'm not part of the mm. production and in and even if the especially if the show's not happening in that space, so there's a an epidemic of uh, spaces that open and close and open and close mm. and open and close yeah. and open and close and open and close and so. Yeah. Having been like one of the ones that has withstood for whatever, you know, for a variety of different time. reasons, um, I speak with people who do and have closed their spaces and 
I've I've had beers with them and I and some of them and I've talked with others and you know sort of the whispers of uh, groups of people who've had spaces that it's not worth it because you you're providing space at a low cost so there's not like there's no bags of money so mm-hmm. it's okay it's not for money it's for it's for something else it's for believing in something and trying to believe in something while you've got someone being a jackass mm. to you is really hard. Mm. So mm-hmm. like, I think it's the lesson would be realize who's supporting you and who's there for you. And don't take it like, don't take it out on anybody, but like, if, like there's just, everybody's there trying to build something. And so if you want to, and space providers included, um, if you are feeling frustrated, mm learned how to channel that some other way other than abusing people because it's that's my biggest struggle with space it's not like mm. our property mm. tax just doubled mm. at one of our locations and it was like boom you have two we, we yeah. got two weeks notice wow. right. like, my yeah. god what the hell is all these like stu- our, our furnace fucking broke mm. our furnace broke at one location and then three days later it broke at another oh. one it was like oh what so all of these things like that's literally not the hard part it's the, what it's the the energy that sometimes comes at us mm. when mm. we're communicating mm. with people. Mm. It's like literally like, and I'm totally guilty of this. I'll call up Rogers and scream at somebody on the phone, and it's like, well, you know, like that didn't feel better. It didn't, you know, solve my problems. Maybe they felt bullied into doing something for me and gave me five bucks off my plan. I don't know, but like, if there's, I feel like people have that. Uh, feel free to do that mm-hmm. with people who run space and mm. everyone assumes like, Oh, it's just the money or it's too expensive or the funding didn't come through. And that that's, that's so not the thing. Yeah. Mm. I'm so curious how you came about like wanting to run a space. Um, you know what? I, I, I wanted to do my own work for yeah. the, um, for not for altruistic reasons or anything, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned, but, uh, also then, I, I thought, oh, it'll it'll allow me to do my work and then it'll allow me to network with mm. other people and it'll allow me to further my career and then I'll be mm. able to, you know, have value. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I think it was basically wanting to have value mm-hmm. as, a, as a person and then also mm. as an artist. Mm. You know, that yeah. was the start of it. Like, and it turns out I... Uh, <laughs> that's not the case but uh i'm i mean i keep going because Mm -hmm. i i think that there's uh i think it's bullshit that that people say oh you there's just that there's any percentage Mm -hmm. of people that can or cannot make it Mm -hmm. that there's oh there's some that will make it some that won't fuck off that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous and i think that people need a platform to do it they need a place to do it and Mm -hmm. i think it needs to um be possible in an e- I, I think there, the more the easier it is for people mm. to access space, the easier it is for people to make it, and um, I think that's really important because I, I think that artists and storytelling mm. is what changes yeah. people's minds. It's what brings people together. It's what creates community. Mm. It's what creates peace. It creates like all of the good mm. shit that happens in the world. Storytelling can it yeah. can do it. So mm. why not nurture mm. that activity? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. Have you have you found that by running these spaces that you have networked, or is that has that become part of anything for you? I mean, because you guys do the the one more night festival as well yeah, as other yeah. things. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has helped me network. But uh, 
not in the way that I imagined. I, that's why I hesitated to answer that question because it was really not in the way I imagined. It wasn't like, oh, now I'll get hired as an actor. Mm. It actually made it really awkward to be hired as an actor because I was like, are you just hiring me because you want free space? Because I, and I actually, oh, okay. before I, like, at the same time of meeting people, I lost friends because they were like, you know, well, provide me with space now. Like, I can't, like, Mm. it's not free for me, rather than, you know, without me opening up my budget and bank account, you need to trust me that I do, but without understanding the finances, people think, Mm -hmm. oh, it's free for you, or they don't even imagine that, they just think, you should, you have space, and I need space, and you should help me, Mm. because you're my friend, and that that happened a lot, not, and it doesn't anymore, but Mm. uh, that, not often anymore, but that was a... That was a struggle. Mm. Yeah, but then networking as a as a creator, as a fellow creator, as a producer, as a um, as someone who I mean, I find myself just really wanting to be involved in theater in whatever capacity, and I've sort of worn all almost all hats, I think, at some point. So, and I'm interested in supporting stories that I think are are really about um, a goal that I believe in, like it really about all the good stuff that theater does, including, you know, reaching an audience and uh, even if it's just lifting their mood, having something happen to a common group of people sitting together. Um, yeah. I'm, I've networked with mm. people who believe in that too. And that, mm. so that's really exciting. That's mm-hmm. where my networking's happened. I, I nice. didn't get me hired uh-huh. at Stratford. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't think any yes. of us has gotten any of this, any of us hired at Stratford. Um, <laughs> And I think that that we don't do it for that. I mean, anymore we probably don't do it for that reason. You can't, you can't, you can't sustain yourself. I no. don't think on that. No, that will only last you so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Crystal, when when you're traveling, because um, you've have you you've pretty much been in every fringe in Canada. Would you yeah. Say, yeah. Yes. Um, I think there's like I think a Halifax one is going on now that I haven't done, but yeah. Yeah, it's at the end of the year because the maritime ones are all at the end of the the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you like in comparing because you've done fringes and not fringe? Yeah, for sure. Is there a difference that you've seen with um, producing for fringe and producing outside of fringe? Um. Well, I think fringe hands down. I produce. There's no you know unless mm. I hire someone that's mm. me. But I think when I've been fortunate to go somewhere else or been part of a fest, another festival or someone just brings me in, they help a little mm-hmm. bit with that. You know what I mean? So I think that's the benefit. Or, or they have the community already. Like sure. if they have a theater and, you know, they already have, I guess, their, yeah, their their audience and their mailing list. So it becomes a little bit easier, mm-hmm. you know, and I think also then the expectation is they're bringing me in. So, you know, they, they want to have people there for me. So I, sure. I would say that that's a little bit easier, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, but I'm still like I'm still up fronting. I'm still doing the poster and getting sure. all that stuff to them, you know. Um, but fringe, hands down, like it's yeah, it's it's definitely producing myself. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that that when you're going to a fringe now, that that people know who you are, and it's a little easier to sell? Uh you or? know what? I could I could go. Um, I'd <laughs> like to think that, but you know what else? I'm just like I you know because I tried to get away from the I mean I mean I did Edinburgh the past couple of years, but um. I was trying to get away from the Canadian fringe circuit just mm. to give a break. And I just mm. think there's more, I love the fringe. It will always be there. And I, I will speak 
so highly of all these mm-hmm. wonderful things that it brought me, but I also just think you need to step away from it sometime and that there's more out there to life. Sure. And I, I think it gets addictive and I think it's, I, I just had this vision that 20 years later, I'd still be doing that. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be doing the same. You sure. know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I take a break, but like, for example, I haven't been to Edmonton. I had a huge, I, oh, I had a huge name. I was, I, I, you know, I had an audience in Edmonton sure. for sure, but now I haven't been there since 2013 um, that's the last time I did Edmonton. So going back this year, I don't, I don't think it's, I think I'm going to have to work hard. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I think people go, Oh, you did that show. Now I remember you. Yeah. But I think you're always, you I know, you have to hit them with something they know. Cause they're not going to remember your name. They right. Remember, they might remember one. Name yeah. 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 But I'll, I'll yeah. you know, but, um, and then I just think, you know, this is one thing I want to say, and then this is going to open up another can of worms, <laughs> but I have this debate on the fringe that, especially with solo work, that everyone remembers always the male acts. This is just a theory I have. Um, I've I've been doing this long enough to know this. Everyone knows, and I'm not going to list off the names of the, you know, the solid male performers, but everyone knows, uh, John Smith show or, you know, Scott Thompson show. Like everyone knows these names of these guys, but uh, as a woman, Mm -hmm. I, no one ever remembers a female artists it's always like it's always by the show they always sure. refer to the guy as their name and the woman as the show title. yeah, yeah. i find that interesting so mm. i find yeah i always have to work harder than the guys even mm. even if i you know i have the same fan base as someone else so yeah. so that's something that's interesting yeah but I, I find i think with fringe you have to go the more you go and i did that for a long time i went year after year after year and then i built up you know um yeah, a, a bit of a following, but I, mm. I still think you start from the beginning. So it'll be interesting sure. to see, but I'm very curious to hear how Edmonton goes. Yeah, 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 but I'm not I'm not worried about and yeah. you know, and not to sound like this after doing Edinburgh, I feel like Edin- Edmonton will just be like Oh, sure. You know. Cuz I'm still at the point where like I've done Edmonton yeah. once, but it still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. But, you know, I think that I, if I'd done Edinburgh, I, Edmonton wouldn't seem so I, I think I'm going I'm going and it could totally fall, <laughs> fall on my face and be a disaster, but I just I'm going with like a really relaxed like oh it's no big deal it's it's mm-hmm. small and i don't mean to sound that in an arrogant way i just after you know like edmonton is what 250 shows yeah and edinburgh was 3000 3, so, yeah yeah so yeah yeah your reaction yeah. to to what crystal just said because that was yeah. a, a well, big part of your show huge part. Yeah. 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 it's not just a yeah. can of worms it's like yeah i know i know i know it's i know but it drives me crazy yeah just always has well and it's talking about Oh, so much. Um, yes. No, because that's yeah. one thing about my show that I didn't really realize people were going to pick up on as much as they did. Mm. And it is something I feel so passionate about. But in my mind, too, it was something I kind of mentioned at the end of the show, you know, and wasn't like what the overall show was about for me. But it is true that we do, we, because I'm not there, but like society <laughs> audiences have this reverence for male soul work that they don't have for mm-hmm. female soul work, mm-hmm. which I think is a shame, and and yeah. um, I'm sick of it. Mm. Why um, do we pedestalize male vulnerability and then yes. look at female yes. vulnerability, or, or yes. not even? Yeah. I shouldn't say male, but like a woman's vulnerability yeah. is looked as as at as like no, I think not that's as also... it's common, and it's mm-hmm. like no, it's not common. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. there's so much. So much work. Sorry, I hijacked. Yeah, but it's a topic. <laughs> this, is, this is entirely the topic. Yeah. So like, it is the topic. Hija- but I think, I, think, I, think yeah. I think a lot of male work. It's more of a universal topic, or you know, like oh, all the twenty jobs that I had in my twenties, or or you know, like every every you know, a lot of 
guys do that sure. show, but just yeah, it's, yeah. it's more of a universal. Whereas women, it's always like, oh, is she gonna talk about her period? Is she gonna talk about being <laughs> a mom? Is she yeah. gonna talk about her yeah. relationship? Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> so and yeah. so then and then you know yeah. the but I always say the women buy the theater tickets. So oh sure, yeah, yeah they you do. know. But I, I think that's why I think that's why we fight for that because yeah. I think a lot of men are like, I don't want to go see a woman yeah. talk about which we do yeah. have to work harder, as you yeah. said, to get audiences yeah. because of that. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I was saying the, earlier. Go, please go. There's, yeah. there's that notion that like if a man is crying <laughs> on stage, it must be like look at all of that emotional work. It's gone so much farther than what this woman crying has been. And it's like, well, no, actually, that's a that's a perspective mm. that you really need to change. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I have also seen shows where dudes are blubbering all over the stage and I am watching the one woman who is sitting in the back corner just watching it all and just taking it all in um, they, that crying does not mean someone's done more work than someone else no. and no. We, we're, we're so conditioned to look at a, 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 a dude opening his soul as like as as so like as so uncommon mm. and and that that's mm. gotta change. Mm. <laughs> this is the no, problem I, with the world. As, as we <laughs> talk to Phil running his uh, podcast, <laughs> <laughs> he does male solo shows. But, but, but you know, here's the interesting thing is, and I was saying this before before you guys arrived. Yeah. That if you look back at, yeah. at the people who've been on this podcast, the vast mm. majority are women. Mm. And I think it's because, and I was saying earlier mm -hmm. that dudes don't feel like they have to work as hard. Mm. To promote. To promote. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. they just assume mm -hmm. that, you know, because, you know, I don't think they even think it's because of yeah. they just think, well, I don't have to work as hard, but, but I think women know they have to hustle. I had, I had a, I had a very well-known fringe male artist who is actually quite a good friend of mine, but I'll never forget, uh, you know, he's, he does not live here. Um, Everyone's gonna figure it out, but anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but he he came to Toronto. We were yeah. both doing solo shows, and he does very very well. But he was struggling in Toronto, mm -hmm. and he said to me, "How dare you are selling out, and I'm not?" Like he's like, "How is this happening?" <laughs> And so I was like, A, it's my home city, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I should, you know, I, I should be, but like, I couldn't believe that he, he said that, but you sure. know, but to him it was just like, he couldn't believe that maybe it was me or, or a female mm. was, was doing better than him. Yeah. Like, I've never forgotten that. Wow. You know? Could you forget that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, a pretty, exactly. that's a pretty yeah. specific yeah. thing to say. You know, but I, I, but it's just cause I think they just assume it's, sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's also tied like, um, like solo work in comedy too. Mm. Still, women in comedy just mm. have such yeah. a yeah. freaking yeah, yeah. battle, mm. um, and so that's part of it as well, right? Mm. That yeah. uh, if you're doing solo work, that's mm. comedic. Yeah. You know, that's another kind of yeah thing you have to deal with yeah. uh, to get audiences. But. There's there's also the green society perspective of like a, a woman like, and this is like take this all with a grain of salt. Um, it's that idea of, the, of just comparing pictures of a woman and a man as a leader and, and seeing one as dishonest and the other as mm. honest. Mm. Um, and a, a dude doesn't have to... I, I keep saying dude. I started uh, it. It's okay. I okay, I okay. It. I know yeah, I picked yeah. it up from no, no, somewhere, but it's like, my fault. Um, there, there <laughs> is the, like, the idea that guys don't have to work as hard to portray themselves as honest in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. Like for me as an artistic director, I get this 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And I get questioned 10 times more. There was that amazing Twitter article about how a man and a woman changed sign-offs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For one week. And the man had the most stressful uh, week of his life. And the woman had... Uh, the easiest and most productive week mm -hmm. of her life, and I very much believe in that because yeah. I have had that ten times over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah as an artistic director, as a producer, yeah. as like I've been questioned by by a bunch of uh, male actors mm -hmm. to the nth degree about my choices, mm -hmm. and I have been told at the same time that I am too controlling and that I don't make enough choices, mm -hmm. and I'm not solid enough in my mm -hmm. choices. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm, so angry. <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting here and I'm going should I talk about should I tell the secret of uh, what we do sometimes because uh, <laughs> then I don't know if we can use it as successfully afterward um, we we have emails we have mail emails that we send um, emails to sometimes mm. um, so, so sorry we have um, uh, like a mail, ma mail email address email addresses uh, okay. and like screen names basically where we sign off as men um, when we're dealing often with a ma an older male um, mm. client who is being unreasonable or difficult, and uh, you're talking about like wanting to rent your space. Yes, yeah, or, or like really? they've got okay. it, or they're they're being difficult with pushing us for different pricing, or mm. or wow. pestering, or they're. Hmm. Being, being in a, or anything like that, yeah. We so we do. Um, so there's like occasion. a third party of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's incredibly effective. That is incredibly yeah. effective, and I'm not 100 percent sure how much of that comes from a change in how we perceive ourselves in order to be able to communicate with someone else, or and then mm. also how they perceive us. Because I I fi I find it easier to take a different tone. Mm -hmm. If I'm think I'm writing as a, a dude, sure. you know? but do they ever ask to meet this person? No, no. okay. What's interesting <laughs> is that I know that it may be both the perspective but also the name because I've worked in tech support for a very long mm -hmm. time, and I know that, and I've seen it happen where one of my female colleagues who probably knows more than me or at least or or as much picks up the phone and somebody says, "Oh no 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 no, I need to talk to a man." Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, That's why I'd be like, so there's no men here. Yeah. So, the, the, there is a, okay, so when I, I've, I've been getting this direction and I've been getting this, uh, this, uh, criticism a lot where I, I've been told that your, your choice doesn't make sense. I need to, I need to, I need to speak to someone who can, who can make sense of this. And I'm like, and I, I would love to change the word sense to man. <laughs> I would love to go, oh, you mean you would like to speak to a man about this right yeah, now yeah. and you would be okay with his choices. Yeah. Or, oh, this is, my, my rage is rising. Um, or, or, oh, you would like me to make this choice as a man would right mm. now. Or as a, as a man would perceive I would. Mm -hmm. Not mm. actually how a woman would. Mm. Um, or how I would. Yeah. Um, well, and the great thing is, too, like, you just don't have them back, right? <laughs> like, you're the artistic well, director, you're the director. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, this is good. Yep. Good to know. Yeah. Like, oh, learn my lesson I here, have, you know? I have yeah. a list. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's really too bad that, that, that there's this, like, I'm thinking about, I was, we've, I've been sitting here think, trying to think, okay, 
How many female solo performers can I think of? Mm-hmm. And I would think of of Crystal. I would think of Lily Tomlin. I've seen your show, so of mm-hmm. course I think of you. But I don't. I think of Laura Ann Harris. Yeah. Oh, and then I would be yeah. at the end of my list, off the top of my head. And then if I'm thinking about male solo performers, I can think I can think mm. Danny McIver, TJ Dunn, mm. I can think uh, John Patterson, I can think Shane, Shane Adamczak, Al LaFrance. Like, I can think of so many more names. And that is exactly what you were mm. saying, that we remember, if you were to name a show that a woman did, it would be exactly oh, that's that. Interesting. I would probably so, yeah, remember I mean, like, the show. I could, you know, I could riff off tons of female solo performers, sure. but it's interesting. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but it's exactly, people would recognize the show yeah. title. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, I know. And it, it, it's, it is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. How, how many awesome, I think, like, solo female shows were at the Fringe. I had this idea, which I have so many ideas that, mm. you know, but to do, um, like, a solo female festival mm. after yeah. the Fringe, because there is always sure. so much yeah. uh, content, and that's something that I really was like, I'm making mm. plans for, because uh, I think, you know, you can follow the, more... the, the Femme Fringe hashtag exactly, and get everybody right? together. Yeah. 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 So just because, yeah, there's, there was so much great yeah. solo female work this Fringe. and to uh, back you up on that. Yeah. 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 You know, it, mm. it needs yeah. more showings. Mm. It needs more life. Well, there, there does need to be more of it. There does yeah. need to be more of it. Or solo women's work. Mm. Yeah. I think it is, this is, this is the time. Yeah. It is the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're, we're, we're seeing a, a situation where um, it's more necessary. Mm. And also I think we're at a tipping point mm. where I think this is where it's likely to happen and where it can happen. Yeah. 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 Um, Shitty that it took so long, and it's shitty that it's taken some of the things that have happened to to get there. But mm-hmm. I think I think this is mm-hmm. like it's a good time to yeah. to make that happen and all of that. Um, well, we are about an mm-hmm. hour and ten minutes, wow. so I'd like to <laughs> thank flies. you all for for being a part of this, and uh, hope to do it again. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us.